focusing on an emerging generation of kings. Alrighty, welcome back to Kings TV. <laughs> and in this session, we're going to be having the amazing engineer Ayodeji and Auntie B Adeonju as they are sharing thoughts about enjoying godly marriage in 2022. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, um, let's just applaud them once again as they have their seats. Thank you so much. Are you you're comfortable? Okay. All right. Welcome back, our awesome studio audience. <laughs> How was the last session? It was awesome, right? Yes, so now we're about to listen to our um, amazing auntie and uncle as they share their thoughts with us. Um, Pastor Dami shared earlier that they'll be married for 21 years in April 2022, 21 whole years. It's just like a very good time for you to go wild. <laughs> yes. Um, they have two beautiful children. You guys probably have seen them around sometime. Um, they are smart. They are high flyers. The godly seeds, as in, they're just great children. Ayomiku and Ibukumi. Let's just applaud them in their absence. All right, um, so we're going to go into the questions. Um, let me scroll down. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Yes, first, how long before you met um, Auntie B, were you preparing yourself for the role as husband, hu father, all of that? Um, <laughs> well, I... For many years, generally, I was preparing for marriage. Um, like GB uh, said, I also came from a family. Um, I don't know how many in his own family, but I came from a family of um, eight, and I happened to be the only male. Um, oh yes, essential commodity. <laughs> You know, so I, I knew um, that that day is going to come and I started preparing myself, you know, um, for that. Um, I gave my life to Christ in the last year of a five-year engineering course. Um, and uh, after that, I, I entered into some kind of ministry work. Ministry, stroke circular all combined together and everything that I see showed me that for me to go forward in the, in the things that God wants me to do, marriage plays a very, very important role. Um, so 
I started preparing myself. I didn't know who um, at that time, and you guys are blessed. The teaching that Pastor Dami is churning out, we didn't have that. We did not have that. You know, so I more or less, you know, just walking through as in a dark tunnel uh, because at that time it was not freely, freely spoken of the way it is being taught nowadays. So for many years, truly, but I didn't know who the particular person is going to be, but I knew that I need to make myself prepared for the assignment, especially within marriage. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, but can you share practically some examples of things that you had to do? One, I had to study those that are ahead of me. Like the person I was working for at that time also happens to be a minister of the gospel. Um, and I saw the way he related with his wife. Um, and I discovered that even when I had legitimate, one of the first things I learned is that, you know, covenant is stronger than any other relationship. You know, when I had genuine grievances as a result of how the wife, who happens to also be in the business, did certain things, and I knew that I was right, and I confronted my boss, my boss told me that I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and settled outside of my understanding between him and his wife. I knew, I knew that he corrected certain things. But I was expecting that he would side with me rather than side with his wife. That was one of my first understanding that even when things are wrong and you have a, a covenant relationship with one person, the way you write those things are different. There are so many things that are not done in the public, especially if the relationship is a covenant relationship. And I understood that at that time. I didn't understand it fully, but I saw it at play. And I took a lot of, you know, lessons from that. So one of the things I did was to study those that were ahead of me in preparation for my own. Thank you. Thank you so much. Follow who know road, though. Don't follow people that are not seeing road clearly. Thank you so much, sir. Um, Auntie B, does it get better with time? So 21 years, how has it been so far? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's been a journey. That's, that is what it is. And they are seasoned. And it gets... Um, they are seasoned. It gets better, to be honest. And the amount of work you put into it is the, amount, is the result you get in it. Yeah. It's the amount of work you put into it. That's the result you get. And um, God helping us... Um, I think the kind of commitment we made to ourselves and to God. Let me give an example. When we were dating, one of the things we said to ourselves was that, see, we will not mess up because if it happens, we will not get married. We will not get married. That was one of the things we told ourselves. And, you know, and God helped us. So those kind of commitments are like building blocks. There are some... Um, there, you know, there's some, there's some things that are sacred that you don't touch. That 
and let me give an example. Divorce is a no-go area. You may think it's a given. You may think it's... Um, you may assume it. But if it's something you have not discussed about, if it's something you have not settled in your mind, when the pressures really come, yeah. it becomes an option. When the difficult times come, you'll be amazed that you're considering it. And this thing, my husband said very mildly that he was going to call Pastor Dami. And, you know, I listened to uh, GB, Shia, uh, Junior, uh, uh, Pastor Larry, and they would just say something very casually. But if you know what has gone under in that process, that, okay, you disagreed, you went to the sitting room, I stayed in the city, I stayed in the room. Uh, if you know the drama around those things, it's not as mild. It's not as mild. But I think the commitment we have made to God first and to ourselves. God first. It sounds cliche. It sounds... But it's, it's God first. Because when you come under pressure, when the enemy bombards you, when the enemy projects into your mind, when the enemy begins to post ideas into your head, yeah. it's God who, and God alone. And the resolve, you know, and the commitment you have made towards one another. And also that... You see things the way God sees it. And you're submitted to his will. I think that's it. It gets better, the friendship, you know. And one of the things you also, there's a working part of it. It's not just say God. One of the things we did, I think when we're, our children were younger then, we used to make them go to their grandparents two weeks in every summer. So that we'll be alone together. And that friendship, you have to test it because the, the, the demands of life, raising children, loving children, going to school, school runs, paying bills, running bills, and all of that. It can just, that can be your entire life. Yeah. Then the children leave home all of a sudden and you realize that you are, you are you're strangers. It's so important, so, so important. And that's, now we're practically empty nesters. Every kid is in school, Iomiko is in school. We're just home alone. And my husband and I can spend one week at home without anybody. Uh, 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 the sister-in-law said that when their son was in now they brought him back home that it was so strange that they were just home alone. I said, eh? They should stay in school. I'm okay. You know, that kind of a thing. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. Hope you're taking notes. So God first. And to be committed to God first. Um, let's talk about the children. Um, Having two wonderful kids, has it changed anything in your marriage? Um, having, I mean, they are beautiful, they are amazing kids, but did it affect your friendship, your relationship together? Sorry. Okay, you can go. Um, in our own experience, no. Uh, because just like um, we consciously and deliberately cultivated friendship between us, even before they came, um, we also, you know, deliberately cultivated friendship between us and the children. Let me give an example. Um, you know, when Ayomikun was very young, I, I took her out, you know, driving, and I was actually carrying her as I was driving. She was on the car, and the policeman stopped me, and when he saw that the driver was still carrying a baby at the same time, of course, I won't advise anybody to do that. But I'm just letting you know the kind of friendship that we had. Uh, the only question the guy asked me, where is your wife? 
you know it was so it was such a strange sight for him and that is just to tell you the kind of friendship that i cultivated with the children um so it has not affected our relationship in terms of our friendship um, um but we just expanded that to also include them so they know that we love them uh they know that we we, we tried as much as possible to make sure we are the first point of um, resolving any issues in their life so they can freely come to us. Um, my, my wife, my daughter told me something uh, that another parent asked her that, are you not, you know, because she graduated top of her class in secondary school, um, but beyond that, they have a, a, like a crop of other um, friends that were at the same category academically in this school and she said one of the parents asked her are you not under pressure to maintain this level of um, result or, you know are your parents not putting you under pressure so that you keep at this level she said no that we have never of course we let them realize that you know it is important for them to do well because they reflect the glory of the Lord and the glory of the Lord is not, is not inferior to any other thing. We made that very clear to her. But to put her under pressure, um, you know, to maintain that in terms of you have to read this, you have to do this, you have to do that. We never did that. She just understood that and then she's self-motivated because of that, you know, understanding that we have given her. You know, with the boys, a little different. The boys are more playful. Um, and all of that, but we are working at it. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Auntie B. What is raising God, godly children like? Do we have to start scabashing now? Say, oh God, I must raise Joseph. All those things. Like, what should we do now? And it was like, is it like a process to raising this amazing? Like, if once um, I am equal to be our templates, what should we do? To, um, we had, okay, we had a reunion. Um, my secondary school, we had a reunion some time ago, and we went to Lumorok. And I remembered she, I sent her a picture of one of my pictures there. I was jumping and all that. No, I sent her a picture and all that. And she said to me, Mom, why are you wearing a magazine on a heel or something? <laughs> I said, Fashion police. So, and I'll tell you why I'm saying this. So, I sent her another picture where I jumped. I was wearing a a pant-like boo-boo where, you know, it's trousers. Yes. It, um, okay, yes, jumpsuit, but magazine in nature, you know. So she now said, ah, okay, that she gets it, that is appropriate. So why did I say this? I think it's season, as I always say. There, there are seasons in these children's life, and it's important that we learn to make the most of the seasons we have with them. And look at it this way. You have, like, 19, 20 years as a custodian of those children, maybe max, maybe 21. Some of them live home at 16. So you see, from zero to 16, you, have, you need high impact influence on those children. And you know, your, your temperament, and I'm also learning. Before, if Ibukumi tells me something, I've shouted. You know, that kind of thing. Ah, now I realize that if I really want him to come to me and talk, I should just, I must not even look surprised. Anything he says, 
Ah, ah. <laughs> then I'll tell you about girls. I'll say, ah, IBK, you're brushing your hair now. Eh? You're looking really good. You're paying attention. Who are you eyeing or who is eyeing you? <laughs> no, we must be able to have those conversations. Hey, I want him to be able to say, ah, mom, I like this girl. Ah. But the truth of the matter is that it's just season. Ten years ago, I won't say this. Fifteen years ago, I won't say this. Do you understand? And Ayomigo should be able to come to me and say, Mom, tell me about dating and all that. One of the things I said to her one of those times is, and I think for every young person here, life is in phases. And I said to her when she was, I think sometimes she was in secondary school, I said, you see, the issue of boyfriends, and particularly when you're in boarding house, maybe it won't really, it will matter, but not as much if you're in a day school, is that the moment you begin to say you prefer somebody, you become exclusive, you've locked out a lot of other people. You've deprived yourself an opportunity to make friends with other people. So as much as you can, broaden your scope, spread your nests, and make very, make very good friends before you begin to say, I want to, I like this person, and you lock out every other person. Seasons, I try to make the most of, when they were young, in terms of Bible study, prayers, and all of that, because at some point they will own their journey. That faith, they must own it, and that faith must be tested. He said, she said to us um, two weeks ago, where we do these Sunday calls where we do a video call with the, the four of us are on the same call. And she said, she mentioned to us that she, she doesn't know if she has mentioned it to us that she wanted to go for a retreat in, um, I think, a church retreat. I was telling a friend of mine, I said, you see, when people say, to be honest, I like grades. I don't... I don't, I don't, um, I don't um, minimize it in any way. But you know, some things matter to me more than grades. Yeah. I've seen idiots with all A's. I've seen non-entities, all A's. Honest, I'm, you've, haven't you seen head of corporation, Fortune 500 companies, something brought them down so suddenly. Mm. They were top of their classes. I like grades. It's not as if I'm minimizing it. But there are some things that are more important than grades. I said this thing, I showed her the text and I said, you know, eh? It's like somebody gave me a billion naira. That your daughter says she's going for a church retreat in America. Ah. That's for me, honestly. Then she said, Mom, I have spring break. We're going to, we're visiting churches and all of that. That you're using your spring break to do that. I mean, that's it for me. Grades will come. But this one, eh? It has to be. Is high pressure Christian, you know, experience for me. That's it. I think their younger years make use of it in terms of engaging them, praying and interceding. Then let them own their faith. Let them accept Jesus. And I think I've shared this scripture before. Second Kings. I think um, um, it says Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of God had not been revealed to him. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of God had not been revealed to him. Samuel was staying in the house of a high priest, but he did not know the Lord. I pray that our children come to a place where they know the Lord for themselves, and their faith is not vicarious. It's their own faith. They own it, and they walk in it. So that is a prayer that you ask the Lord, that the word of God is revealed to your children, and they have encounters with God. Thank you. Thank you so much.
something funny entered my head when she said spring break. I just remember all those American movies, like all those. <laughs> I say it is wild. I say inside swimming pool, one million children with brown pants. This is well. <laughs> all right, um, sir, please can you share practical tips on how you've been able to? Is it now fail proof your marriage? Like what? What? covering do you put over your marriage and be part of the question how do you keep your friendship in your marriage all right um i, I will tell you up front that um we have people that we as a family honor as ahead of us ministers of god people that have you know mentored us and she knows without my permission that she can report me if i cross the line you know she has she does not need to confer with me she she has full access um and those ones um even the thought of them calling me or summoning me over my marriage is enough to keep me in line <laughs> if i have the tendency to do any other thing praise the name of the lord that is one, and that has helped us. Um, um, secondly, I, I try to be very patient. In fact, one of the things that she asked me at the time, she looked at me and looked at me and looked at me and said, don't you get angry? <laughs> and I told her, you don't want to see me when I'm angry. <laughs> Up until that time, she has never, because... You know, I don't know whether she tested it or not. Um, but, <laughs> but once you, once I, instead of getting angry and uh, getting theatrics, you know, theatrical about it and all of that, uh, you know, I try to internalize, I try to think. You know, because I, I know that she, she holds our relationship, you know, in the highest esteem. So if she has done anything that I think is against that relationship, there must be a reason. Now that's the way my mind processes things. And uh, so I am ready to cut her some slack to try to understand why she did what she did. And that process is enough either for me to ask the right question or for her to come back and say what I did that time, please forgive me, I was just playing. Well, you know, so men must learn to be patient you must learn to be patient you must learn to be patient and that saves you a lot of things oftentimes see women are very complex not just to men but to even themselves women are very 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 complex you know so, so it, it, takes, it takes some level of, you know, maturity and seeing it from different perspective for you to really understand what it's at play. You know, this, this question that I said, asked, she asked to highlight an area that I was challenged at came as a result of some pressure from work. I understood it. You know, she was doing some interviews here and there. She was doing something that she did not, you know. And oftentimes, she will ask you a question that she's not expecting you to really answer. Just listen to her. 
because oftentimes she will also provide the answer by herself. Oh yes, you know. I, I listened to a man of God that said that you know for so so many years that he is always troubled by counseling women, but that now he understands that if he allows the woman to speak for a long time, she will provide answer to her own question. You know, so you, you really need to. So I knew that, you know, but I didn't know how to handle it. Um, and, you know, she, of course, um, another thing that happens is this. <laughs> Let me just. <laughs> another thing that happens is that a woman will start with one thing, but you don't have a clue as to where the thing is going to end. You know, one will come, the next one, the next one, the next one. I will ask her. Please slow down. I'm still trying to tackle the first one. Now you have brought two or three. You know, but that patience has really helped me to safeguard so that she knows that, um, you know, um, any mistake I make is a mistake of the hand, not the mistake of the heart. And we will all, both of us will do that. So I cut her a lot of slack also because I know that she's grappling with something that she's trying to understand. And because of that, she's reacting in a way that she normally would not react. You know, so I give her a little space. Um, and then in a little while, we just discover that she comes back to her normal self. And then we can talk objectively about things. You know, of course, it's an opportunity to say sorry from both sides. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> things go on. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was so good. Did you guys notice Auntie B's reactions? Very funny. Auntie B, what are some things that I used to do to appease the gods in quotes? So when Kassala just boss, what do you do? As in, just tell us, you have to kneel down, say, I'm my king, take this token of my love. Are you buying $5,000 perfume? Like what? What should we singletons learn? this time. <laughs> I'm a troublemaker. <laughs> oh God, I'm a troublesome one too. Can you guys tell that they are friends? Yeah. I just see Auntie B's reaction, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm the troublesome one. I'm the troublesome one. And sometimes too, my mouth is sharp. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to be honest, eh, and to be honest, I actually told him when we, when we got married, I said, See, eh, I can't take anything, but let me be able to say what's on my mind. <laughs> now, once I've said it, I'm okay. I will try to be civil about it. <laughs> I'll try to be civil about it, but even when I'm not civil, try, eh? <laughs> So, I think to de-escalate, I just keep my mouth shut. And also because of the kind of mind, I have such an active mind. I told a friend of mine recently, I said, I don't do radio in my car for years. I had a driver five years. He didn't put on radio in my car for five years. Because the kind of mind I have, so graphic, the kind of pictures he paints, 
So I don't listen, I'm not random when I listen. Even people, I don't listen to people randomly. I don't. Because the way my mind works, I connect to my mouth. So to de-escalate, I'll just keep my mouth shut. And you know, for his kind of person, he's quiet, calm, and boisterous, you know, that kind of thing. So that's even that difference is even an area of conflict. It can be an area of conflict. But because of friendship, and his kind of person is so good-natured. No, Edot is good-natured. And I think that's, 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 that makes a lot of difference. A lot of difference. So if, for instance, he's angry, I'm uncomfortable when he's upset. That's the truth. When he's upset, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. But what annoys me is that you don't even want to talk. Me, I want to talk about it. You want to be quiet. That one is an irritant. Talk about it. Let's talk and just move on. But, you know, he wants to process it. He wants to think. Me, I just sit on the go and I'm fine. You know, that kind of a thing. So I just keep my mouth shut to de-escalate. And also because of the friendship. And we come back and say, this thing upset me. I didn't like the way you said it this way. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just go ahead. And... To be honest, I think a deep abiding friendship answers to a lot of these things. You know, when people talk and they say they fight dirty and I say, are you strangers or what? I I don't understand it, to be honest. I don't. Marry your best friend. You can't. (sighs) All right. Um, So you know how they say that um, not everyone's story is the same. So is there a uniqueness to your marriage that is that you would like to share with us? What share the uniqueness about your marriage and what makes it that unique? Sir? Well, um, uniqueness. Um, well, uniqueness uh, in the sense that she she is my best friend um and because of that um my marriage is our marriage is unique you know because i have a lot of friends that will rather go to somewhere else to detox and that can be dangerous um in my generation um, as a typical Yoruba person, they will tell you that you don't tell your wife everything. Um, but I don't buy into that. I would rather discuss those issues with her than to discuss with my friends. And God has validated that with me because um, for a very long time I got it wrong in business. Uh, we made a deliberate, more or less like a deliberate thing that she would pursue a career and I would do business. Partly because of the children. I never delegated school runs to any driver. Mm. All through primary, secondary school. That my children were going to school. I never. Um, and that's also further that friendship that we've been able to create between us and my children. But you know, we had that understanding that she would pursue a career and I would build a business. But I struggled many, many years. Why? Because um, building a business is best done, 
you know, under a covenant relationship. That is one thing. Don't think your business is your business. It's just um, a tool to make money. No. God is interested in everything. You know, so for so many years, when it comes to business, I don't really converse with her other than to just collect her money when the business is in trouble. And then we sink that money in there and that money is lost. You know, but a few years back, I more or less ended that relationship and I said, look, even this business, let it be between you and I. And that was where we started what I presently do and commit myself to. And we've seen God move in a very, very few years. In a very, very, you know, strong way. So, my marriage is unique in that sense because I now realize that even the business that I do, what in quote, a lot of people call secular. See, the truth of the matter is that if you understand the true meaning of the word secular, you as a believer, you are not supposed to be involved in anything secular. So when they tell you your work, your secular work and your spiritual work, it is a lie. Yeah. Your work that you are doing for a boss that is wicked is not a secular work. It is a call from God for you to show the kingdom in that place. So don't think anything is secular. So your business is not secular. So right now, I have that additional understanding that even the business that I do, um, you know, will do better when I bring it within the confines of my marriage that is a covenant relationship and today, you know, the result that I've gotten the last two years is nothing compared to all that I have gotten in the, all of those other ones are tales of woe, paying back, you know debts when I put a lot of money in projects and all of that but now I can say that we are building things that, you know will show forth the glory of God when it is fully built. So, my marriage is unique in that sense that we have carried our friendship beyond, you know, just the marriage, but into every other thing that we do. Business, you know, relationship with people, and all of that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I just remember Peter's voice, and God commanded the man, not the boy. Right. Um, so quickly, we've run out of time. And to be, what are some practical things you do to honor and reflect, reflect Christ in your marriage? Okay. Um, praise the Lord. Um, number one, you know, I've tried to communicate to the children. I show preference to him. They know that I won't take arbitrary decisions. Um, they want something or they want to they want permission to do something I'll say go and ask your daddy because those small small things they really matter and those children they're watching and um, that's number one number two um, even in relating with other people we've had friends that became our friends through our children in school and by virtue of how they showed up, by virtue, virtue of how they, they related with other people, some of them have become our very, very good friends now. And when Ayomiko talks about her relationship with maybe her parents or her father and all that, if you know Ayomiko, Ayomiko is a daddy's girl. And she doesn't even hide it at all. So, you know, those kind of things, because of that relationship and how I have communicated to them that, 
see, that instruction comes from your daddy. It's just like beating IBK. I will not beat him if his daddy's at home. You know, small, small things like that. That I will report, it, report him to his father and leave that beating to him. He always says that uh, maybe I have a soft spot for him and all that. And I've told him that it's just because I need to communicate to him that he's loved, he's valuable and all of that. And another thing is um, where you openly show that affection in front of the children, it's critical, very critical. For a boy, so that he has an example that you're not feminine where you show affection, where you show emotion. Then for a girl, you prototype what a man should be. You will not fall into the hands of an abuser. Very, very important. Very, very important. And in terms of even paying compliments, and I'll give an example for, I think I've said it here before, when I was growing up, when I was in secondary school, the issue of boyfriend did not matter to me. Why? Because, not because there were no boys around, not because, but because I was so validated at home that I didn't need small boys whispering in my ears. Do you understand? You, there was nothing you could tell me. Nothing. My father told me everything. You're intelligent, you're super, you have good eyes, you know that. He had told me everything. So please, what will a GS3 or SS2 boy tell me? It was not necessary. And you think these things are small? I didn't know that at that time. It's benefit of hindsight. It's when I grew up, I knew that. So when those girls were chasing after the boys, when they come into my class and say, and you know, incidentally, I was in a pure science class, and I don't know why girls used to like those science boys. They were crazy about them. I don't know why. And see, <laughs> they'll tell me to call the boys out that they, in my mind, I'm saying, do they have fire on their head? My friend, come inside and come into the class. But I didn't know that because I was in that class. They were doing further math. I was doing further math. They were doing physics, you know. I didn't know, but those small, small things yeah. validate him and also help those children, paying them compliments, showing affection, kissing him on his forehead in front of the children. In fact, Ayumiko said, you know, she was, she, and I tell IBK, I come back from Salon, IBK, you have not told me my hair is beautiful. Mom, your hair is nice. I said, be practicing with me now. <laughs> you will practice with your girlfriend, you will practice with your wife. You know, small, small things like that just weave everybody into it and also give him honor in every way possible. Thank you so much. So do you want to add anything? Well, um, <laughs> the, we, we try as much as possible to demonstrate, to practicalize the, our affection for one another right in front of them. I think that is really, um, you know, and then not to, not to be double-minded about things, you know. Um, Whatever it is that mommy has said, there are certain decisions that I've delegated. For example, the kitchen in the house. The boy will want to eat what the boy wants to eat, not what the family eats. But I'll ask him, what has mommy decided for the family to eat? And that goes. You know, so those decisions and those steps helps him to understand that, look, you cannot... Um, you cannot bypass any one of us. You cannot separate us in taking decisions. You know, so that has really helped them to make sure, to know that there's no way, there's no dancing around it. Once one of us has said a particular thing, it stands. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. So we're just going to do quick questions. You just the fun stuff. All right. So just point at the person that owns the answer. All right. I think we already know the answer to the door. Who flogs the children? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who said I love you first? <laughs> Who is more romantic? <laughs> All right. Um, that's the end of our questions for today. I should quit going. What you guys want? Studio audience, what's the matter? Is there something you guys want to know? Now, wow. <laughs> All right, guys. No, no, Auntie, don't leave yet. Did you guys have a wonderful time? Did you learn something? Are you going to tell somebody on Instagram on your WhatsApp story about what you learned today? Are you going to tell Auntie B and Uncle Ayodeji thank you after service? <laughs> okay, thank you now. God bless you, sir and ma. That was wonderful. Um, yes, as they go back to your seat, please just give them a nice, wild scream, clap. Generation is rising generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this how